an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Hey, thanks for listening to the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe podcast with Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, and myself, LeVar Arrington. Make sure you catch us live weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern or 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. You can find your local station for the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe show over at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, good morning, everybody. Hope you're having a great Thursday we will get to Mr. Rick Patino, who was initially blasting his team, then saying he didn't blast his team, then last night saying, sorry for kind of blasting my team. That is on the way. We're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help get you there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What a week for Rick Pitino, St. John's head coach, Jeff. So it started with a loss to Seton Hall. Okay, and as, as, afterward, as a week does, yeah, as a t- yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he went scorched earth. Here's a little taste of him ripping his team. We are so non-athletic that we can't guard anybody without fouling. It's been that way the year, but we came out in the second half and we knew they would come after us, but you have to move the ball, and we just took four minutes of rush shots. Okay, bad shot selection, non-athletic. Okay, what else do we have? I think they're unathletic. I don't think they move well laterally. I don't think they're going to pick it up in the next week. Uh, I think they're slow laterally. I mean, Sean Conway gives you everything he can. He's slow laterally. About five guys are slow laterally. Okay. Even are, even the Celtics are, when we lost, I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we lost in that following year, but this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had Ooh. since I've been coaching. Okay, uh, this might be my favorite one. Do you have any second thoughts of taking this job? No, not at all. It's not St. John's. It's my team. <laughs> 
that's St. John's fault. It's these bums can't play over here. Is what's going on? Just, just so I have it right, though, the the, the these bums are guys that, that he chose, right? Yep. They're, Okay, yeah, right. that's right. He, I just uh, was, I just was, because he's talking like these are players that he was stuck with. I was just curious about. Yeah. So the, he also the mentioned guys, something about that too, Jeff. So this goes back to the after the loss against Seton Hall. He, right. he talked about that. Check this out. If you had to do it over again, would you have attacked your first offseason differently? I had no choice. We just could take who we could get, who was available. We had no choice. Um, I don't think we were going to win the first year anyway. Because when you rush like that and you don't see the players and you just uh, not not a whole lot we can do. <laughs> so we're kind of stuck with these bums, is what he's saying right there. Real vote of confidence for for the old squad. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Geez, Real boost. I, yeah, yeah, someone who covered the the, the Pac-12 for years is you know, Mick Cronin, sort of the same way at UCLA, where he just will just throw his players directly under the bus as much yeah. as he can. Um, and a lot of times it, it, it ends up with, you know, some, some success afterwards. Um, but, you know, in, in the era of transfer portal and the era of sort of player, not empowerment, but like you throwing guys under the bus is just a very tough thing to do because they're just going to leave. And maybe that's what he wants. Maybe he wants guys to leave. This is his sort of way to get them to go. And then he has to obviously get, more players, but if you are a recruit or you're transfer, you're going to go play for a coach that kind of calls out his players like this? Um, right. I, I don't know. Um, it Again, it, it's a lot of the coaches that have been doing this for a long time, I think, struggle with sort of the new way, the new era, the new kind of the, the, how the players think and operate. And you just... I'm okay, I guess, with him saying these things out loud. I mean, he's a coach. He can say what he wants, but there's going to be repercussions for that with your roster. And maybe he wants that. Maybe this is his goal is to to get rid of the players that he has. But <laughs> bringing in new players is going to be hard when you when you you know you talk about your current players like this. Yeah. Well, that's the way the week started. That was Sunday. So on Monday, right, Patino was right back at it, where he was like. I was asked the question, why do you blow second-half leads? And I can tell you sometimes it's missed free throws at the end of the game, and opponents make free throws. It's not the same reason every time. These are his comments. He's, he's saying, I wasn't ripping anybody. But it's the same reason every time on why you foul. You foul because you take a bad shot, you get caught in a bad situation defensively, and you are not overly quick laterally. So when you go to defend the basket rather than beat them to the spot, you foul. That's what I was trying to point out. So he was saying, I wasn't ripping anybody. So you fast forward to last night. <laughs> the Red Storm, Jeff, they rallied, okay? They rose up, and they beat Georgetown. Barely. They hung on to beat sad, pitiful Georgetown these days. And so after the win... Rick Pitino did do some walking back of the ultra-critical comments he made on Sunday. Everybody blew it out of proportion. These guys have heard a lot worse than close quarters, but I went home, talked to my wife, and came back and I said to my staff, anybody, any guys, any of them upset? a couple of feelings of hurt. So I immediately went in the team and told them, I absolutely love you guys. I would never, ever want to embarrass you, but it's my bad. I'm at fault. I should have never mentioned to anybody by name. I didn't mean it. I was trying to talk typical clinic talk like I do. The slowest player in the league, the NBA, is Jokic. He can't move laterally. Some of the greatest players I've coached can't move laterally. 
So I didn't think that's a big deal, but I should never, ever mention a name. I'm a veteran coach. I tell every young coach in the business, show class when you win, show class when you lose, give the other team credit. I wasn't ripping them. That wasn't my intent. But words matter. My family and my plays, outside of breathing air, they're the most important thing in my life. That's why I'm still coaching today. Uh, they are the air that I breathe. And I love them dearly. I would never want to embarrass them or hurt them. Uh, a couple of them certainly were. But they went out yesterday and had the best practice of the year. So um, I'm real proud of that. Okay. Does he know what moving laterally is? He knows. Clearly. I mean, I just, I'm not sure I'd call the Joker the worst lateral mover in the NBA, but I mean, it's certainly okay. Um, yeah. Well, that's the part, though, too, is like Jokic, he's a former MVP. He's a champion, right? Like Rick Pitino wasn't saying, hey, look, my team struggles with lateral movement. But I mean, look at everything. They're doing well. They do this well and they do that well and yada, yada. It's how he framed it. He He's smart. He knows we're not dumb, but he acts like we are. We know he wasn't saying, hey, in spite of not moving laterally well, I really like what my team brings to the table. That was just one of the greatest hits list of him dissing his team left and right. And it's just it's so sneaky the way he's trying to, you know, prop up his initial argument. But he he does. He also didn't really apologize he apologized for it sounds like hurting someone's feelings. Yeah. Which is, it's sort of like a half apology, right? It's not saying like, I apologize for the words, you know, I should have not have said that. It's I apologize basically that you got upset at me. Right. Um, I'm, a, I'm sorry you got offended. Yeah. It's really, and, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, again, he doesn't have to apologize. I, I don't think he demanded an apology. I think that you, you have to understand to the point that he made, you have to understand your team, right? And understand how your team is feeling after you make comments like that and how does it motivate your team to, to be better? And maybe it did last night, but um, yeah, I mean, you don't hear coaches talk like that very much now because you, you, you lose your roster players yeah. have um, the ability to leave now and they used to never have that. Yeah. I think a couple of things at the beginning when he was like, this was completely blown out of proportion. No, he's, really. he's basically saying, you guys are soft, right? Like for, for saying, oh, this was awful what he's doing over here. But he also said something key there too. And a lot of guys can relate to this. Sometimes you just get into your world and you think I'm right and everybody else has it wrong. He said, I talked to my wife and I, I saw things a little bit differently. You know what I mean? Where oh, yeah. it was, It's fair. Sometimes you need that perspective. Absolutely. And uh, he at least opened his eyes to the fact that some of his players were upset with what he had to say. And I get it. Rightfully so. He completely crushed them publicly. Yeah. And it's on stuff that they can't really fix. If he was like, we just didn't come with the right mindset. We just didn't come with the right intensity. You can, you can change all of that as an athlete. But to say like, I mean, Jonesy runs a a 5-2-40. He's not going to be Deion Sanders the next game. You know what I mean? Like, that was not coaching by Rick Pitino. That was venting. He was frustrated, and it got the best of him in a press conference. 
There's nothing wrong with saying, you know, I said a little bit too much, which is basically what he did, sort of, kind of, because um, that's what happened. Uh, there's nothing wrong with saying, yeah, my bad, a little too much on Sunday. Correct. And so, look, in, in the end, I don't know, is this going to matter? Probably not. Um, but, it, you know, if a player is deciding to come to the score or not in the offseason, maybe it, it does matter. Yeah, I I think it's interesting. You can speak to this from an athlete's point of view, Jeff, is sometimes there is tough love. Sometimes your coach will say, especially when it's just on the practice field or the practice court or whatever, they'll say some crazy things. But it's a different deal when you're doing any of that publicly in a press conference setting. You're putting them on blast in front of everybody. And sometimes there is a tactic to do that. But that's not what happened yeah. on Sunday night. That was just a venting session. It, I, I think there's different ways to call out players, you know. Um, this one felt like extremely personal, right? Like, yeah. Um, there's ways to, to say, hey, man, you know, the, the quarterback didn't play well enough or whatever. And, you know, it's very clear that that was the case on during the game. But this it, felt obviously like, you know, like a very personal thing to say about some of your players and so that's i think i think and i think he's right to apologize for that yeah no i do too and it's <laughs> some people took this and they're like he's just inspiring his team what's wrong uh, with this I, I, that's that's mm. not what it's he also called out the facility facilities jeff this is what i love i, I did where see he's that like, yeah. yeah 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 do we have bleepy facilities yes we do Having bleepy facilities has nothing to do with not guarding, though, is what he said. So is he trying to inspire the facilities? You know what I mean? Like, again, I that's just venting that the facilities right in that comment are getting better, though. He's like, yeah, right. we're, we're fixing that. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. We're... yeah. Um, facilities. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't imagine Shane John probably has the best of uh, facilities, huh? Um, yeah. Look, again, I think this is a, a certain, certainly a clash of um, you know, old school versus new school coaching. Like you, I don't think you'd hear any of the new coaches ever talk about players like this. Yeah, but right, um, right. You know, the the coaches, and again, I've seen it with you know Mick Cronin at times, like just very aggressively, t- yeah, you know, bad mouthing their players they have on their roster. Again, sometimes I remember a couple years ago, Mick Cronin did it, and I think that it was the year the Bruins ended up um, in the final four. Like it, it sparked a team to success. Um, I, I don't know if it'll do the same for you know for uh, St. John's as it, as it did for UCLA. Yeah, no, but you're right. It's a different it's a different era, man. With the transfer portal and NIL, and if you say the wrong thing and you have the wrong approach and you're unfair out of line, these kids have options, man. You know what I mean? Don't be yeah. shocked if they're like, I don't gotta, I don't need to deal with this. I don't have time for this. You know, it, it's just a much different. Uh, you know, landscape now. And um, again, this is why I think we're seeing coaches, older coaches. I, I don't, there's a trend obviously for, for some college football coaches to leave the NFL. I think that's partly because of NIL, but you know, again, this is just a different sport right now. Um, and it's hard for some coaches to navigate the realities of it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Coming up next on two pros and a cup of Joe live from the tire studios. A great player has an interesting theory, but do you buy what he's selling? He's Jeff Schwartz. I'm Brian No. This is Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern. 
3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, we're Cavino and Rich. Fox Sports Radio every day, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. But here's the thing. We never have enough time to get to everything we want to get to. And that's why we have a brand new podcast called Overpromised. You see, we're having so much fun in our two-hour show, we never get to everything. Honestly, because this guy oh, is overpromising things we never have time for. Yeah, you blubber lips. Blaming me. Well, you know what? It's called Overpromise. You should be good at it because you've been overpromising women for years. Well, it's a Cavino and Rich after show, and we want want you to be a part of it. We're going to be talking sports, of course, but we're also going to talk life and relationships. And if Rich and I are arguing about something or we didn't have enough time, it will continue on our after show called Overpromised. Well, if you don't get enough, Kavino and Rich, make sure you check out Overpromised and also Uncensored, by the way. So maybe we'll go at it even a little harder. It's going to be the best after show podcast of all time. There you go. Overpromising. Perfect. And remember, you could see it on YouTube, but definitely join us. Listen to Overpromised with Kavino and Rich on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and who doesn't want better sex? But if you have ED, you may be struggling and dragging your feet on solving the problem. Don't put off having a better sex life any longer. Check out Him Sex Shoes and bring a new level of excitement and confidence to your sex life. The process is simple and 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor's visits. No insurance is needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hims has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers, so if ED is getting you down it's time to change that start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash two pros that's h-i-m-s.com slash two pros for your personalized ed treatment options hymns.com slash two pros prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply see website for details and important safety information subscription required price varies based on product and subscription plan sex are compounded products and have not been approved by the FDA. The FDA does not verify the safety or effectiveness of compounded drugs. It is two pros and a cup of Joe here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Jeff Schwartz. I'm Brian No in for the guys. There are so many great things about silk. The flavors 
the nutrition, the recipes. One thing that doesn't get enough attention, Silk has shelf-stable options, which stay fresh without refrigeration until open. Go ahead and stock up. Learn more at Silk Products at Silk.com. Okay, so Kevin Durant is in the news here, Jeff. Ooh. Yep. Over there with the Phoenix Suns doing his thing. He was on Boardroom TV. Okay. And he gave an interesting glimpse into how he's perceived by a lot of the media. Check this out. Why do you think people in the media think you're not a good leader or that you're not a leader? I just, I'm not as charismatic as my peers. I don't have a personality that's like fit for TV like my peers. And a lot of those stories of what we talk about don't get spoken about in the media. And that's just really what it is. It's like, you got to sell what you're doing as well. And I haven't sold it enough, you know? And I feel like, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I need to. I don't feel like I want people to call me a leader, but I also don't want people to say I'm not one either. All right. So I think it's an interesting theory, Jeff, but Hmm. I don't think that's what's going on. I think that... I don't know that anybody says KD is like a bad leader or not a leader. I think that KD's reputation took a huge hit when he went to Golden State. He joined a team that won 73 games, already won a championship. Like, Draymond was yelling at him one time, we don't need you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's what really did it. I don't think that, like, KD isn't so stale and so dry That you don't pay attention to anything he says. That's not why anyone thinks he's not a good leader. I just think his reputation took a hit when he joined the Warriors. Right or wrong, that's what happened. The th- your, your leader status is less about your personality towards the media. Now, I certainly think that the media will play favorites with if they like you, right? Sure. But the leadership comes from talking to your teammates, right? It comes from hearing from them talk about you, right? Like I played on teams where, you know, guys are not the most outspoken. Great example. I didn't play with them, but Matthew Slayer just retired, right? For the yep. Patriots. He played yep. like how many bazillion years? Long and, time, yeah. You know, I, I think, think that he so has. I think he probably has a case to be a Hall of Famer as a special teams player. We just saw Devin Hester go in as a purely special teams player. Mm-hmm. Matthew Slater, I believe, will be considered. He made seven, eight, nine Pro Bowls, a bunch of All Pros. That guy has been a leader for the Patriots. I've never heard him talk once. Mm. You know, like that. It, your your leadership, the the media gets word of who the leaders are from players in that locker room. So if if people are not saying behind the scenes Kevin Durant is whatever leader he thinks he is or should be, that's because he's not. And there's nothing wrong with that. Some guys don't want to be the leaders. That's fine. There's nothing inherently wrong with that, right, Brian? Yeah. But this doesn't come because he's not, you know, he's not doesn't have a great podcast. It's because the guys he plays with don't talk about him in the way that they talk about other guys who are the leaders. Yeah. I think that, listen, if we bring this to the NFL, there might be something to be said about, say, a guy like Julio Jones, who just went about his business, right? He wasn't a look-at-me guy. He wasn't 
doing these things that drove a lot of conversations. He was just a really productive receiver. If you compare him to another really productive receiver who might be a little more flashy, like we heard from Chad Johnson a little bit earlier, there were way more conversations about Chad Johnson because he's charismatic, because he's fun, because he's either saying or doing some things that draw attention. But that's not what KD brought up. I get why other players will drive conversations, but this idea that if you have a lack of charisma, people view you as you're not a good leader. I, I just I think there's a disconnect right there. I don't think that's what happens, whether you're flashy or not. Yeah. Again, the leadership tag gets put on you by your teammates. And it doesn't get put on you by media. Look, media members discuss it, obviously, but they discuss it after the leadership tag is put on you by your teammates, you know, and after they hear that. So that's where I think it's really he's really misguided, because, again, that's not why his teammates don't say that. They just don't think he's a leader. And again, nothing wrong with that. Right. Like that. That is something that's certainly that, that there's not every player is cut out to be a leader. Most often, though, it does it is some of the better players. It's their personality. It's who they are. Um, but that's again, that's something that's put on a tag by your teammates, not not by the media. So yeah. he's misguided in thinking that's the reason why um, he never maybe got the, the credit he thinks he deserves for being a leader. Um, another part to that, if you kind of steer it in a different direction, uh, if you look at being the face of your league, you know, I think charisma might come into that a bit more. You talked about yes. that with baseball, right? Is um, is Otani the face of baseball? Or we just had recently this week Jason Tatum of the Celtics saying, I think I'm next in line to be the face of the league. And mm-hmm. talent-wise, he certainly is. Production-wise, he is. But charisma-wise, are you like, let me hear what JT's got to say yeah. right now. It's pretty dry. Like yeah. We talked about Correct. Mike Trout a little bit earlier. Pretty dry. Yeah. Like, I can understand how charisma factors into who's the face of the sport to some right. degree. Not in totality, but somewhat. I think that makes more sense than how you're viewed as a leader. There, Listen, there are some great leaders who are dry. Like, John Stockton. Was he just this charismatic guy where you're like, let me hear what John Stockton has no. to say. Nobody knocked him for not being a good leader because he lacked charisma. Correct. Correct. No, you're 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 exactly right. Um, yeah, yeah. Kevin Durant has just not been viewed as the face of the NBA, but he also played in an era with LeBron James, who has been the face of the NBA. You, you don't typically have two guys, and then obviously, I think Steph Curry was sort of took that role from LeBron, or they took it together, right? They're both together. There just is not room for Kevin Durant to be part of that group because LeBron and Steph have been those players for this generation. Um, and again, nothing wrong with any of that. It's just, I think maybe he views himself differently than the rest everyone else does. And he's trying to find re- reasons why uh, maybe people do question him about why he's not been that quote unquote leader. But I think there's just a lot of times there's not space for multiple faces of the, of the of the NBA we've had to right LeBron and Steph have been those guys for all these for all these years yeah I, the last thing I'll say on it is we know KD is highly active on social media yeah and Jeff listen doing radio <laughs> it's great the the feedback that you get more times than not 
it's going to be negative. That's just the way it goes. Oh, yeah. You know, no one's going to be like, hey, let me go to Twitter and just tell Brian he did a great job filling in today. Like, that typically doesn't happen. So when you hear or read comments, you kind of get you get an idea in your head that might not be reflective of the whole. You know what I mean? You're just getting a portion of the pie instead of the whole pie. <laughs> and you might think, you know, KD, if he goes on Twitter and people are like, you, KD, you, blah, blah, and he's like, man, they don't think I'm a leader at all. I'm just saying that might not be what the masses think. That just might be what he's hearing and seeing, and he thinks that's what the masses feel. Uh, that's how they feel as well, and that, that might not be the case. I think that could be you a You certainly can well. look at, at – being online too much and that sort of skews your opinion of yourself because people at your point like people are just inherently mean on the internet yeah um, and you know it's something that that i have learned to deal with because to your point like you just there's a loud vocal minority for the most part on the social media you don't get to your, you know to your point like you don't get a lot of people saying you know praising you it's just loud angry people for the most part yeah um and so that can you know they can i think if you're online too much and don't understand that, that can certainly skew your perspective on how people feel about you. But this feels a little bit like he's saying people in my industry don't call me a leader. And I, I, this is, I think that's wrong, and here's why, basically. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. So, Jeff, I was watching some college hoops last night. Yeah. And uh, I was watching one of the games was uh, Kentucky at LSU. 
Right. I saw the ending. Yep. A little buzzer yeah. interaction. That was, that was a really good ending, by the way. And, uh, man, Dillingham was cooking in the second half for Kentucky. But uh, in the second half, Dave Pash was doing the game with Jay Williams. And Jay Williams basically clarified his comments about Caitlin Clark. He initially said that he doesn't define Caitlin Clark as great because she hasn't won a championship, right? Right. So he clarifies these comments. I think it's important to go back and hear the initial comments of what he said on game day about Caitlin because you need to hear exactly what he was saying when you hear his clarification, and then you tell me if you buy what he's selling, right? Okay. So this was on uh, Saturday. This is Jay Williams talking about Caitlin Clark. I think she is the Stephen Curry of women's college basketball. I think she has changed the dynamics of the way the game is played. I think the way she plays, the pizzazz, is like she's probably the most prolific scorer the game of basketball has ever seen. Unmatched. I am, I am unwilling, and maybe it's more the, the Kobe mentorship around me, to say that she is great yet. I think she is the most prolific scorer the game has ever seen. I hold great or the levels of immortality or the pantheon to when you win championships. I'm just be that's just me. So Diane Taurasi, when you win three consecutive championships, two-time national player of the year, it has to it has to culminate with the chip. It has to. I mean, Brianna Stewart, if we're talking about GOAT legends of the game, she's won four chips. Four chips, multiple national players of the year. So I'm not saying that she's not at a high, high, high level, but for it to go to the states of immortality, in my opinion, it has to culminate with your team winning a championship. She's great. She's great. She is Jay. great. <laughs> I, I don't who is he arguing with? I I don't know. I don't know. But it's funny how Jay Billis, Andrea Carter, they jumped all over him like you're well, crazy. She's great. What are you talking he, about? But who's he arguing with here? Like who who is the who's out there like debating what he's talking about? She she has a scoring record. I know, of, yeah, of right, yeah. basketball, right? Like, I, I, who is he debating with? And he love how he's like the, the the Kobe and me. Like, what does that do? Do anything? So I, this is what came up last night, right? This is during the Kentucky LSU game. Jay Williams is on the call with Dave Pash. Listen to this. I have a question for you. Would you qualify Angel Reese as great? Oh, wow. Look at you. <laughs> you love to stir the pot. Yeah, I, I think there's levels to greatness for a lot of players. Call on the court is a again, common foul. That plays under review. So they did uh, get on Yenso for the foul. Go ahead, Jay. Yeah, once again, I, I stand by my, my thesis that we qualify greatness by winning championships. And, yes, I think there are levels to greatness. And in order to be the greatest, you have to win championships. And I, I stand by that. Okay. Who is next- saying she's the greatest, though? Who, what, what, right. who is he arguing with? You're right. He's not. No one was saying she's the greatest. Um, and, and if you go back and you listen to that full segment on game day, they were just talking about Caitlin Clark b- being a baller. Is basically, and he just offered that. He was like, yeah, not great in my book yet, though. Got to win a championship. So it was just a thought offered up by Jay. That's pretty much it. So they kept talking last night, and they got to this part. Pretty important, Jeff. I guess what I'm trying to help trying me to, with here where is you're trying to help me with. I'm trying to be, <laughs> you're saying she's great because it came off as if you're saying she wasn't. Yeah, but you're saying she's great. You're yeah, just not great. putting her in the Brady category of the All best time. we've ever yes. seen. And I think that's fair. But, yeah, like what you're saying, Jeff, is correct. No one was saying that initially. 
I, I think everyone acknowledges Caitlin Clark is a fantastic player. I, I haven't heard anyone say she's the greatest women's college basketball player of all time. I think that I think there obviously is recency bias to that. I mean, you know, a lot of people that are talking about the game probably didn't watch Cheryl Miller play in the mid eighties, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I mean, you know, I, 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 so I think there's part of it. I mean, even just three years ago, Sabrina Nescu has the record for most triple doubles in all of college basketball. Yeah. And that was like, she graduated college three years ago. And people, you know, like, we have short memories. But I think people are acknowledging the greatness of what Kayla Clark has done as far as setting a scoring record, her ability to, uh, to just generate offense. By the way, she also, I think, leads the country in like assists per game too. So she's also doing multiple things besides just scoring, scoring, uh, scoring the, 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 the basket. So I, I don't know who he's arguing with. That's what sometimes on some of these shows, like who, who, who are you arguing with, buddy? No, yeah. no one. I think no one's calling her the greatest of all time. And this is your point about Kevin Durant, right? Which is like, if you go on the internet and you spend enough time on, on social media, yeah, you might find four tweets to call her the greatest of all time. That, that's you know that, that that's not a consensus yeah, yeah, yeah. opinion that that you need to argue about on on national television. Now, well said. This is the last little short clip. I think this is the most interesting one. Here you go. People didn't hear words like prolific. Yeah. People didn't hear words like in order to be in the pantheon or into the levels of immortality. Okay, so he's basically saying it's our fault. (laughs) He came out and said, nope, not great in my book. And we're like, what? What are you talking about? And then he clarified by saying, I was actually meaning whether he did or not. Like, is she the greatest? It's like, well, that's not what you said. If you either say, my bad, I misspoke, or you're walking it back a bit, okay, but don't put it on us. We're just reacting to what you literally said. Yeah. That's on you. This happens all the time when there are these kind of like clarification kind of apologies. That's not what this is. It's more of a clarification. I think it's just walking it yeah. back because it was clunky initially. Uh, but it's not our fault. It's your fault. Like, just own it. Just be like, I kind of screwed up. Fine. I'm not going to rub your nose in it if you just yeah. own it. I think there's also, again, to the discussion of like what is – great what a success i mean i her team is not like the yukon teams uh you know just talent what level wise right so when you absolutely say well brianna stewart won all these championships or the answer i mean yeah yeah they also had 11 players on their team that went to wmba <laughs> like, right and, and it'd be like and, lebron and, and, with the Cavs early on yeah it, it's going like, up against Ginobili and yeah. Duncan and Tony Parker. And it's like, it's not the same thing. And even her getting to play LSU, that again, their, their general LSU's team was overall better. Um, that is is part of the discussion, right? So if you want to say, well, she's not the greatest all the time. Again, no one's arguing that because she hasn't won a championship. I mean, look, again, I, I mentioned like Cheryl Miller. I mean, look at who she was playing with at USC. Right. <laughs> like, like, right. You know, it... it Kaylin Clark is does is not playing. Look, I I'm certainly not v- well versed in the WNBA you know mock drafts, but I don't know how many. Maybe Sam. I mean, you're, you're Iowa guy. Maybe I don't, <laughs> is she playing with a bunch of of, of future you know international and WNBA stars? I don't I don't no. think so. No. Um, where UConn obviously for the, all those years with 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 uh, and even now continuing to have those rosters. I mean, even LSU, right? I mean, they their roster is better. So, um, I think sometimes those arguments about 
winning championships are just a little misguided. It's a very simple argument, right? Well, I'm only considering right. someone who wins a championship to be the greatest of all time. And I, I don't think that's a wrong way to look at sometimes of these debates. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like a very narrow-minded way to, to, to judge a player's success and, and how we view them. Yeah. Um, last part of this for me is, if that's what he said, it would have been a completely different reaction. If he said, look... You got to have championships for me to consider you the greatest of all time. Greatest of all time. Fine. But he said for me to consider you great. <laughs> Jay Billis, Andrea Clark, like they jumped all over him. Uh, Andrea Carter. They jumped all over him like, what do you mean he's not great, right? Because they were doing what we were doing. It's like you said great. You didn't say greatest. That's like, There's a huge difference right there. So She just casually hit like a 45-foot three-pointer to set the <laughs> For, record. To break the record. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> just, to like get, just to like basically get the record over with? Yeah. I mean, come on. Like it, it yeah. just why, why, why are you ruining the fun of watching her, man? Right. She's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, because we just went off. And we're running where it's like, are you saying Charles Barkley wasn't great? Are you saying that? You know, Reggie Miller or Patrick Ewing. The list goes on and on. Dan Marino, like they never won championships. Oh, oh, you're saying they're not the greatest. Oh, well, that makes a whole lot more sense. <laughs> That's not right. what you said. Which is like the debate we're having now with like Brady Mahomes. Like, who's the greatest? Well, Brady has more championships. Okay, well, that's a fair debate to have between those two guys for the yeah. greatest of all time. You wouldn't put, Dan, you know, like you'd say Dan Marino's an all-time great. He's not the greatest as he didn't win, but, I mean, you, then you can make the cap. you got to look at the rosters and see what, you know. So it's just, again, he's arguing with, with, with no one, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's really what it turned into. All right, coming up next on Two Pros and a Cup of Joe, live from the TireRack.com studios. Jeff, do you love a good, bad argument? You a I fan of so. that? Yeah, I, I yeah, think we'll you'll be. Uh, I think so. Uh, I think you'll be a fan of this. We got a a good, bad argument about a certain NFL quarterback. We'll throw that your way right around the corner. He's Jeff Schwartz, eight-year NFL veteran. I'm Brian No. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. It is two pros and a cup of Joe. Live from the TireRack.com studios. I'm Brian No. He's Jeff Schwartz. Here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, shortly after the show, our podcast will be going up. If you missed anything on today's show, be sure to check it out. Just search Two Pros wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to follow, rate, and review it. Again, just search Two Pros wherever you get your podcasts. You'll see the show posted right after we get off the air. So, Justin Fields, current Bears quarterback. Every now and then, Jeff, I'll read an article, and either the columnist or the commenter will write something. I'm just like, what are we doing right now? That's your phrase. I don't mean That's to steal phrase. it. What are we doing right now? Yeah. yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> what happened <laughs> Jeff now? Schwartz Tell me. Who? What happened? Yeah. So this was a, a comment from just a random person. Okay. But this comes up a lot of times with Justin Fields. And what should the Bears do? So this guy is talking about the possibility of drafting Caleb Williams. Okay. And he writes, the Bears are dumb to make that pick. Unless the GM, Ryan Poles, is 100% certain that May or Williams is better than Fields, 
then he's better off doing the same thing as last year. Financial implications, they have a ton of cap space. And if they trade out of the number one, that gives them two firsts this year and two again next year. So they can have four or more important guys that are on rookie contracts. I think they'll be fine if they pay fields. Here's my thing, Jeff. It's funny to me how on one hand for the pro fields people, the draft is a crapshoot. Who knows what Caleb Williams or Drake May will turn into in the NFL. But if you trade down, you could get four or more important guys. You see what I'm saying? Like, why is it a crapshoot with Caleb Williams? Yep. But we're definitely getting four impact players if we trade down. That makes no it, sense. It, it doesn't. Uh, you're about 50-50 on first-round picks. Here's the thing, Brian. If you're the Bears and you pass on Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, then you pass on Caleb Williams, Drake Mayer, Jaden Daniels. I mean, you're what? What? Whew, what's the plan, man? <laughs> yeah. You pass on on two straight years of quarterbacks to keep Justin Fields. Yeah. Ooh, that does not feel like good good NFL team building, roster building. Um, at some point, you have to decide. The point is now that Fields is not your guy. Reset the franchise by drafting Williams. I I would be okay. I think if the Bears traded down to two with the Commanders, let's say, mm, yeah, and took Drake May and got an extra first round pick for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and they might. They, and, and there are some people that have Drake May, you know, graded just as high as Caleb Williams. That's fine with me. But you cannot get out of this draft without drafting Drake May, Caleb Williams, or even Jaden Daniels. I think Jaden Daniels for me is three. But um, you know, you, you just can't do it. You, you can't yeah. leave the draft without a quarterback of the future. Fields is not that guy. Um, and I don't understand the argument to keep him. I feel like it's just it's just a misguided sense of optimism that he will turn to something he is not yeah and that i think is the problem uh yeah i'm with you man i think that um i'd love to know what the price tag would be if washington moves from two to one and the I, other thing I is they call uh, yeah i they might they might have yeah. a discussion there are some other quarterbacks this debate would make a lot more sense if the dolphins were picking number one it's like do you pay Tua or do you go with caleb williams that makes a lot more sense than Hey, do we just run it back with Fields, whose passing numbers are in the toilet? (laughs) That doesn't make sense. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes to get tickets now. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply.